Hello and welcome back to more content coming from this domestic supply chain summit. I'm Anthony Smith, chief economist here at Freightways, and I'm joined by Henrik Berksager. He is head of sales over at Powerhouse AI. Henrik, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Anthony. I uh, appreciate it. So, Henrik, jumping into it, of course, I had to do some snooping and I looked on your website. And one of the things I love about it is it is turning warehouses to powerhouses and really, of course, bringing in that AI aspect. AI has been just a buzzword throughout 2023, especially during that middle to latter half. When you're talking about AI, what does it have to do with warehousing and where are we seeing it going in the future? Yeah, AI is definitely a buzzword in across the different industries and specifically for warehousing and freight in general. I uh, I think we're at this point right now where AI can be applied to basically anything that you're doing in a warehouse. Uh, it's more about looking at specific use cases and where the value in terms of making things more efficient or making things more accurate, it's the highest. And then you can kind of work your way from there and expand the use through other part of your operation. When it comes to like where things are going and based on our experiences with like working with our kind of customers is that there is a need to um, optimize, for example, accuracy when you're doing um, inventory and cycle count processes in your warehouse by just taking an image or taking a picture of a pallet that has boxes on it. You can simply deduct what the quantity is on that pallet and then in real time correspond or cross-reference that amount with what's in your WMS system. And you can do it in a millisecond and it's 100% accurate, which adds a lot of value. That's a good use case for a value in the warehouse. And we're looking at warehousing in the current state or maybe not current state or maybe the state that it was in in 21 or 2022. What are going to be some of the shortcomings that you've probably observed or that you've been seeing in the warehousing space that are really needing to be corrected or maybe something that you can see as a, a, a big issue that could really be finely tuned as we continue to move forward? So when it comes to warehousing, it's been a tremendous change over the course of the last three years, especially with like whatever, everything that happened during COVID and people focusing on shipping domestically. Um using online retailers that brought this trend of digitalization that kind of like drove across the whole industry. And uh, we have a lot of good um, warehouse automation tools in the market that's been around for a while. Um, the thing about them though, even though the technology is immensely impressive, like you have companies like AutoStore, which can fully automate your warehouse. Um, although they are really impressive, they're still somewhat expensive to get set up and they are also, it takes a while to get, get them up and running. Um, what we do and kind of like where we see the main change happening, uh, over the course of the next year or next couple of years is that more mobile solutions are accessible just through your phone, through an app, you can bring basically automation and AI tools to firms or warehouse companies that might not necessarily have the funding or time and resources to do a fully automated uh, warehouse, but still wants to elevate their processes and provide warehouse automation functionality in their system and then by effect becoming more competitive, being able to then 
have a better margin on their operation. So I think going back to your question, I think what's really going to be the change is that you get these really powerful tools that are that can be used on your Zebra scanner or your Honeywell scanner or all your phone that provides a really uptick in automation that up until now has been primarily reserved for companies that has had the funding and the time to fully automate their warehouses. So I think that's a big, big step. And one of the interesting things I think in the warehousing space that happened, of course, is throughout COVID, this sudden need, of course, there was that just in time, then it went into just in case. And now we're kind of returning to where we used to be, but really the warehousing space is not returning to where it used to be. And really, I think your company can kind of attest to this. Not all warehouses are built the same. And we're looking at the demand from really the times right now we've seen where there were these certain outlets that were really kind of pushing forward same-day delivery at times, and then two-day delivery, things like that, and then really just getting closer and closer to that final consumer. It seems like this is going to be a need in the industry for some time to come, and it's not going anywhere. Can you talk to really the the shift here that we've seen in the industry? Because it's not like, all right, this was just a, a, a really hot thing that happened in 22 and going into 23 maybe, but really something that's here to stay and really something that's going to be emphasized um, throughout the years to come. Yeah. And I think that kind of comes down to the consumer, right? They have an expectation that certain things are going to be delivered within a certain time. And that has been kind of driven by the private consumer, but I also think in a more B2B market, companies are now expecting to have a certain level of accuracy when it comes to your delivery, if you're working with different partners, like shipping partners, and you're also expecting a certain level of data to be accessible that you can read off with your partners. So you want to be able to have access to how they run and how they operate, and then how that impacts your operation to be able to be able to plan better and, and, uh, and make sure that your operation is more streamlined. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with like, yes, there was a digitalization during COVID. But also like what happens in the supply chain in general, how you had these big disruptions and how that kind of affected inventory and being able to plan ahead. I think a lot of companies in the U.S. specifically are looking in the way to hedge a little bit more to to find way of improving their margins on using domestic manufacturers or suppliers more so that they have that reliability if something happens on the global supply chain. They have they work with partners that are local that has implemented technology to make them more cost efficient, that has better margins and can then in effect compete with more uh, globalized partners that has been kind of dominating in the past. So I think that's really interesting. And I think that's that's a big change in like the big automation companies, like you mentioned, that has these one day deliveries, two days deliveries, they're definitely like pushing the envelope and they're setting the expectation. And I don't think we're going to go backwards, but I think, um, I think everyone is kind of like coming to terms like, okay, we need to do something, but there's more factors than just these final mile delivery companies. There's also all these other supply chain issues that are kind of all bringing it together and like, okay, let's make a push. Let's drive efficiency. Let's capture our data better. And that way it's all ends up in a, in a good, pretty good place when it comes to like accepting and, and incorporating technology in your operation, operations. 
Yeah, I I think you're spot on. It's one of those things, of course, where a luxury once experience becomes a necessity. And a lot of folks are going to find it hard to go back once we're starting to get used to that, you know, quick delivery times to go back to, all right, I'll I'll wait a week or two for whatever this good might be. Um, We're looking at the entire supply chain. Of course, there are going to be some weak points or going to be some strong points and bringing that efficiency all together, I'm sure it makes all the sense in the world. And we got a chance to chat a little bit before this. And we're talking about really that 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 powerhouse AI and really what some of the engines that it sits on top of and the ability to process large amounts of data. And it seems like that's also not going anywhere. We're seeing storage um, capacity for different techs just increasing year after year after year. And then, you know, certain measurements becoming the norm. We're looking at the future. We're looking at the ability to process large amounts of data. How can you, what, what would you say around powerhouse AI and what it can do to really being able to process large amounts of data and really the future for being able to process those types of data um, in the supply chain? Yeah, so when it comes to us, so what we do is that we can take a picture of anything in a warehouse and we're able to capture the data of whatever items are in that image. And we apply that to different parts of the operation. And the the reason why we're able to do this is that we sit on top of other technologies like GPT, for example, or other platforms that provides us with a lot of processing power and reasoning to then evaluate those images that we make. And then we can do this and we can make it accessible just by using an app on your phone or a zebra scanner. And I think that kind of like what this brings in terms of value is that we work with a lot of, I think we work with almost all the biggest carriers in the in the US and globally. But our application is really tailored towards the regional partners of those carriers. Because what we do is that we elevate and we provide like high-end technology or the ability to, to automate your processes or capture data um, very affordable and fast. And you can then be more competitive so that you as a regional carrier, for example, can work with larger carriers and be able to provide the information that they will eventually require more and more in insight into your operation. So it's more of having the ability to give them a tool that is affordable and enables them to also compete on the national level compared to the bigger players that has more funding and resources and so forth. So a good use case, for example, is that I know a lot of these carriers, when you do freight, for example, and you're, you're receiving a load, and if you're a regional player you and you might not have all the technology in place to be able to verify and communicate the state of this load, and especially like if you're talking in like a claim situation. And if you're kind of in between a supplier and the carrier that's basically giving you the task, you might get squeezed because you can't really offer any documentation whether or not this issue or damage on the freight or the load happened when you were taking care of it or it was actually coming in. So our technology is a typical use case is that we can simply take a picture of the container by just looking into the container, taking a picture of the pallet and tell you whether or not the boxes has been damaged mid freight and provide you then the documentation right there, then then you can then share in an instant with the carrier that you're partnering with, for example, or the supplier. And the ability to then do this fast in real time, it, it 
gives you a lot of foundation or, or, or documentation if there's going to be a claim down, down the road, for example. That's one use case that kind of helps smaller regional players uh, when, they're, when things occur. Henrik, it's, it's interesting to talk about the different use cases for AI and what we're looking at um, in terms of how it's going to impact the supply chain. It's already been a huge game changer. Uh, just this year, it's only going to be something that's going to advance the industry so much further moving forward. As we continue to move forward and our final thoughts here, do you have anything that you are looking at as maybe the biggest challenges within our industry, maybe in the warehousing space that we're looking to overcome or really your outlook or maybe some type of prediction going into the coming years of what you expect to see within AI or, or maybe even the warehousing space overall? I think I think there's... The warehousing space and the community around the warehousing space, I think, and I'm relatively new to this. I actually come from manufacturing, um, so I'm relatively new to the freight industry. And I think as a community in itself and all the different players, small and big, they're very much focused on being more efficient, bringing in technology into their operations and kind of making the change. And I think that's a trend that's kind of been happening over the last couple of years. So in terms of what I think will happen over the course of the next year, I think more small, maybe regional players will have access to technology that will make them competitive with the biggest players, kind of leveling the, the playing field. And I think that's the biggest change is kind of lowering that barrier to entry. So you can run in a very efficient and cost-efficient operation without having to have those huge front costs. Having said that, our application too is very tailored towards being non-intrusive to the way your warehouse workers are currently working. We're not really looking to substitute existing staff levels or warehouse workers, like what they do. We're just basically a tool that that is installed into their current device that they're using, like a warehouse skater, like a Zebra or a Honeywell skater. And they do the same process they've always done. They do their cycle count, they run throughout the lines and they, they, they do the cycle count, but they do it like 75% faster and it's completely accurate. There's no human error. And that that elevates their whole operations without having to make significant changes to how they work. So that's I think that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, I think it's interesting indeed, especially being able to, as you mentioned, lower that barrier of entry and level out that playing field because that only breeds more uh, instances of innovation in that competitive field only furthers the industry overall. So I'm looking forward to that. And Henrik, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure having you on. Of course, we could continue this conversation because it sounds like there's just so much going on and I'm excited to see what this industry holds. Thank you, Anthony. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, no, it's definitely a lot of developments going to occur in the near future when it comes to AI and warehousing and supply chain. So it's it's very exciting. Thank you. And thank you all so much for tuning in. That's going to do it for this Fireside Chat, but stay tuned. There's still more content coming up.